everybody. Welcome to episode 101 of After 9. Bum, 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 bum. Man, we are so glad to have <laughs> you back with us in this whole new hundred of After 9. After 9, of course, is the podcast brought to you by Youth Ministry Booster, the place where healthy and hardworking youth ministers find community to grow and learn together. And so I'm hanging out with two of my best friends today. My name is Zach. This is my best friend. Boy, buddy, Chad Higgins. Chad, how you doing, man? Yeah, Zach, by the way, you are a phenomenal mouth trumpet player, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Chad Higgins hit me with the mouth trumpet. And then Kristen K. Cola Lascola from the Left Coast. How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, man. And we're here on After 9 asking the most important questions in youth ministry. And today's most important question is actually the most important question when it comes to the life of a minister what is what is the most important thing that we do each week? And so for last week, we found out the most important thing that at least Kristen does related to the podcast <laughs> is to save Chad and Zach's bacon when Chad kicks over the router during oh, a Facebook Live episode. We're going to continue to bring this okay. up. Hey, you know, what? the best part is, do you, Chad, do you know what you were doing when you kicked over the router? You yes. were doing something quite animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'll bring it up again because we we hadn't started recording yet, correct? Thank goodness. No, it was all pre-show talk. We we, we were doing a live episode. Um, Jeremy Worm Johnson, one of Zach and my friends, is a phenomenal youth minister in Oklahoma City. He does this character every once in a while on his like Instagram and stuff like that, and he yeah, yeah, he yeah. calls it Uncle Worm, and he'll have like these like old man glasses on. And oh my gosh, the voice is it's literally one of the best characters ever because he's like, Hey guys, this is Uncle Worm here. Man, I love pizza, <laughs> right? It's like his Instagram announcement guy. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, it's great. It's one of the best, like, youth ministry, like, just characters. Yeah. And and while you and were being you him, you were trying to imitate it. While I was being him, <laughs> while you're being, I leaned back uh, so Uncle- and I hit, <laughs> I hit the router, I knocked it into the floor. I killed Lord. the internet in the, the building that Zach and I were in. The whole building. Yeah, the whole I took, building. We were I we were in a <laughs> We we borrowed a friend's office building after hours because we really wanted to make sure we had a quality internet connection because we didn't trust any of our residential connections. And here Uncle Worm impersonator kicks over the router. <laughs> so thanks, Uncle it's, Worm. It's oh, man, something you that drove Uncle the Worm character home. It is something- <laughs> That's right. Hey, it's Uncle Worm. Oh, it's Uncle Worm. <laughs> <laughs> so k cola thank you so much for holding down the fort uh if you haven't checked out the replay of the facebook live episode the episode itself is fine you can check it out it's on the podcast but the first 20 minutes when Kristen drops anchor and holds the boat down like that is the oh moment oh my gosh <laughs> i it took me like a good full 60 seconds to realize i was alone i'm like they froze <laughs> okay i just gotta pretend i can hear them and and they're gonna kick back yep. back on. They're gonna they okay. My internet must be slow. And my husband texted me. So you're the only one on there. Be careful what you do. Be careful what you say. I'm like, what? Geez, thanks for the vote of confidence. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm alone. And all I did was pray. They're gonna come back. God, they're gonna come back. Please let them come back. Or oh. what do I do? So I don't. I said a lot of words. I don't even know what I said. I just said stuff. And and then you guys came back, and I was what? like. <gasps> I can stop sweating. I was sweating like profusely. 
what a power, powerful metaphor for the church, right? Like someone leaves, uh, and we're just here saying words and praying that they come back. <laughs> no, Kristen, thank you so much for that eschaton. Uh, hoping that one day that, that Chad would ride in like a thief in the night. What would you, <laughs> Full that, circle. What would, what would you have done if we would have come back online and Kristen is just like tap dancing? Well, you guys came back too soon. I was I was stretching. I was getting ready for the big finish. <laughs> we, should, we we should have loaded up on a separate computer and watched for the second oh. act to see what our cue was going to be to come back in. Uh, Kristen, thank you so much for holding it down there because I I don't know. I, I think I would have just been like, "Welp, everybody, it's been great." <laughs> And so by the miracle of technology, we jumped right back in, recorded an episode, and it was a lot of fun. So probably do that again in the near future. So if you are an After Nine listener, make sure you like the page, subscribe to the podcast to get those updates and announcements. We'll probably try to move it around, do a daytime episode. I know for a lot of folks, the last thing you want to do is listen to us three talk live on Facebook at 10 p.m., wherever you're at. Or maybe you were on uh, a time zone that we were blasting live and you were having youth group and so we'll play with that a little bit we had a lot of fun and so for all those that listened and viewed and commented or checked out the replay thank you so much it was man it's just fun right chad now that we're in this whole new season of stuff it's just good time so question today though after nine what is the most important thing that i do or could do with my week so we're going to go around the horn and ask our friends here because here's the thing i think we need to hear from each other because we're all going to have different answers and i need you if you are listening to this right now to begin to think what is the most important thing that you do because you may know it and you may own it or you may be like i I don't know i just kind of live week to week and so this is the kind of question that i think is the right kind of motivation to frame out our week now we have a couple of uh prerequisites, a couple of stipulations before we jump in. We hope that if you're an afternoon listener ministering to young people, that an essential element of every day is your time with the Lord, whether it's studying scripture or a prayer routine or hours of prayer or whatever is your kind of patterning for things. We hope that you are spiritually ready and prepared for the week in and week out call of ministry. And yet, there is some work to ministry that requires us to have some organization and planning, and that's the kind of stuff that we, youth minister to youth minister, youth pastor to youth pastor, need to hear from each other. So, Kristen, K. Cola, K. Lascola, what is the most important thing you do with your week? Um, yeah, I love how you set the stage for that of just like, okay, let's assume all the spiritual stuff is the most important, obviously. So um, I had a youth pastor visit my ministry um, about a month ago. And right afterwards, she hit me with this question that I had never, you know, even thought about. And she said, okay, tell me the most important thing you do all week long. And mm. I thought about it for a split second. And the word that came out of my mouth was, communication. And I said, you know Mm. what? I said, I spend about 75% of my energy communicating and 25% executing what I've communicated. And so the reason for that is if we can get people to be really well-informed, everyone on the same page, very well-resourced about what's going on, then that gives us uh, better attendance, better involvement. And here's 
you know, uh, the biggest thing, especially if you work, um, high school, not as much, but with junior high, it gives the parents confidence that we know what we're doing, that we have their back, that we're here to help them and not just leave them without a paddle wondering, well, when is this thing due? Well, when is your camp registration open? I need an attachment for this, but that we're constantly communicating and resourcing because they have such a busy schedule, the easier we can make it for them to know what is going on and when it's happening, the better. So I kind of run everything I do through sort of like a seven point communication system. And I was a communication okay. major. So maybe that's why I'm so there big on all this stuff. Um, but the first one, I run everything I do through social media. So okay, um, Kenny and Elle had a great podcast a while back about sort of like a uh, social media schedule, like how you don't post the day of your all-nighter, hey, all-nighter tonight, see you at seven. It's like, okay, like this needs to be, what is your weekly social media schedule like? So um, it doesn't have to all be about events, but find days in the week. This is where I'm going to give a shout out to a leader. This is where I'm going to um, talk about yeah. Sunday morning not on Sunday morning, probably Friday or Saturday. This is where I'm going to talk about my week program. This is where I'm going to do just like a fun question. Like what is your favorite song right now? Or a funny, would you rather, or, um, you know, and then, and then it can be purely informational. There's devotional, there's informational, there's all kinds of categories for social media, but you should be using it um, to communicate. And so Instagram is really big for my youth ministry. My interns get mad at me when I tell them to post something on Facebook because they say no junior hires on Facebook. (laughs) Ah, but the parents are. And so Mm. we need to make sure who, who's going to drive them here. Who's going to fill out their permission slip. It's the parents. So we want to speak to the kids, but don't neglect Facebook because you think it's like going out because most uh, moms are on there. So number one is social media. Everyone's on all the time and definitely utilizing those um, Instagram stories as well, especially during the event, because then it gives people a little bit of like FOMO, You know what I mean? Like, I wish I was there. Mm. Um, The other one is text. So um, there's a great texting app called Remind, and you can have different, um, you know, categories on there. So this is for my volunteers. This is for my staff. This is for my parents. This is for my leadership kids. And you can text and remind them, hey, don't forget to bring five bucks for dinner tonight or, you know, whatever it might be. But communicating through text is like huge. Um, And then good old fashioned, my favorite is email. So um, I have different distribution groups in the email, making sure, oh, my parking ministry, they're they're getting their updates through email, then my volunteers, then my parents. I don't email students um, because... I just, maybe you do and it works. Do either of you email students? They're, they're on the list that gets sent stuff, but we don't put a lot of stock into it. Yeah, yeah. I have never found that to be super successful, but you know, sending out, I, I, I warn parents, I said, I'm not going to over email you. And I think that's the trick is when they see an email from you, they need to know this is worth reading and this is important and yeah. you're going to cut to the chase. I try to add something kind of fun or funny or advice, you know, of how to parent middle school are in there so that there's um, some like value beyond information for them. But I tell them I'm going to email you every Monday and that's it. That's the only time I'm going to email you throughout the week. So yep. don't be that's hesitant good. to give me your email address. Um, 
So once the parents get that, and then also um, snail mail. So I, okay. I still <laughs> mail things out, but here's, I only mail out one thing. So every three months I put out a calendar of everything that's going okay. on for the next three months. So it's pretty easy because you just do it seasonally. So you have your summer calendar, fall calendar, so on. And once I've perfected that calendar, I send out in the mail to however many kids are on our distribution list, a physical calendar. Um, and then I keep that calendar like on our information table and stuff like that. But that way I don't have to send out a bunch of flyers. It's you have one calendar gives you a glimpse of the next three months. You can put it on your fridge and it's, you know, good to go. Um, and then we have something at our church called the hot sheet. And so what that is, is when parents come into church um, on a Sunday morning, one of the ushers or greeters will hand them something called the hot sheet. And that's basically like a classifieds for each ministry. It says, all right, junior high, here's the pastor, here's her contact information, and here's what's happening this next month. If you have any questions, here's okay. how you can reach her. So if your church doesn't already do that, I think that's a great way um, to get information in the parent's hand immediately. Maybe if they tune out of the sermon for a minute, they'll like look down at it. But if they're actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they will leave with it and hopefully add that to their calendar. So uh, whatever you call it, we call it the hot sheet, but um, our admin takes care of that, which is awesome. I just send her what she needs to put into the hot sheet. Um, and then, you know, live announcements. So whether you do an announcement video for Sunday and your youth group night, um, you know, maybe it's a pro presenter slide or something like that. But when kids are actually at your service, that there is a live announcement of it, a, a, a actual mention of it with something visual and then always keeping those flyers around that they're always accessible. We have a junior high info table that I keep in our room on Sunday and then out in the auditorium um, on Tuesday. That's our youth group night. So as new parents come in, the first thing I do is I shove a calendar in their hand. Like, here's what we're doing for the next three months. Here's how you can get a hold of me. Here's all of our social media tags. Here's how you can become involved in this ministry. And with communication, there is one step, and I'm going to end with this for my little communication bit, is I cannot communicate with students or parents if I don't have their information. So I have something called junior high info cards that I put in all my small group leaders folders. If you have a new student in your small group, they have to fill out a junior high info card. Then that info card goes straight to our admin who puts it in our um, database. So now I can connect and talk with people. But if we don't have their information or correct information, then all this stuff is for nothing, you know? Yeah, that's good. good. Well, and the thing that I hear in that, Kristen, is that that one, if you don't have their info, then you can't send it to them. And that's that's like every time you talk about distribution lists, like building that list, whether it is email, social media, phone numbers, whatever. If you're not databasing at your church, then at least be databasing for yourself. But if your church is, then you've got to find ways to really capture that information and organize that information and maybe even sort that information by grade or by department. But the second bit that I hear is, Man, you shared a lot of different ways that you're sharing information, but it sounds like that all that information is only a lot of work once in a while. Because once you set up a lot of those things, what you're talking about, maybe even with the calendar, the quarterly calendar stuff, or maybe even the month-to-month stuff, once you get some of those templates built or once you get kind of that, some of that stuff customized for you, maybe the dates or the names change, but the actual like form or the card or the whatever may have to only be reprinted every 
three months, one month, or when you run out of stock for certain things. And then all that social media stuff, yeah, it's a lot of front-end work, but if you're doing a month-long series or if you're doing kind of a fall emphasis, you really only have to really kind of pull a lot of those things together in the beginning, and then you're just talking about like sending that stuff out at a certain and a kind of appropriate time through maybe even through some different kind of like social media services. Right. So yeah, it sounds like a lot, but also it's robust in a way that like if you pull it all together on the front end, then the actual like delivery or unloading of that stuff is a lot easier. So that's, and that's you know, good. That's good. you know, Zach, you bring up a great point. Yeah, it does sound like a lot of work, but you know what's so cool about a lot of these is that you, if you have people who you can pass tasks off to, you know, I have interns okay. who I have deemed you are the CEO of our social media. Like that is your thing. Okay. You own that. So don't get this picture that I, every week have to sit down and hit these You're seven to nine okay. points of communication. Some of them fall on my plate, but I have a guy who films all of our videos. I have an intern okay. who takes care of social media and it's great because it's something very doable that they can own and put their own personal yeah. spin on it and be creative. Cause a lot of these young guys know, social media way better and can utilize it and do really fun stuff. Yeah, make it fun. Totally. Well, and I know that for a lot of our listeners, they're thinking, well, that's great, Kristen. You have interns and that's great. Some other people have staff, people that can pay to do this. Here's the person that you haven't asked to do this that I think would be a really great help. There is a mom in your youth ministry that has a student in your youth ministry that wants her kid to stay involved and connected and likes you. Find that person that likes you and has an invested student and see if she would come up to the office or the place that you gather, meet, or work one afternoon a week to ask you all the things, to write it down, and then you empower her to help with putting it together, printing, maybe social media and some other stuff of yours because she's not as savvy that way, but running it through a mom filter who has a student involved of what needs to be communicated, what details are necessary, and then maybe even helping in the printing and the cutting and the sorting. Like there is someone who wants to help you succeed because they are invested because of their kiddo and it is free labor if you will make the right ask and then narrow it in the right kind of way. So before you don't think you have an intern, you may not have an intern, but you may have a homeroom mom, which is definitely, as Chad would say, a home run. Boom. As I sit here and listen, like to me, the the scheduling of the communication, right? Like we, there's all these different methods, and um, but I think the home run, right, is the scheduling of it, the planning of it. You know, for us, we used to have a specific like communication meeting that, like, every yeah. single week, that that's what we would talk through is like, Hey, what, what is coming up? Like, what do we need to put on the buffer, you know, a, account to push out on social media, all of those kind of things. And so I think having that plan, um, is huge. One thing that I would add in communication that I always felt was, um, really helpful was every single thing that we did, um, on the back end, we were pushing our people to the next thing. And so instead okay. of say more, so instead of like ramping up to summer camp, right? And then it was like, oh, summer camp's over. All right, see you guys later. You know what I mean? We were very yeah. intentional, like at the end of all of our stuff, that we were pushing everybody to the next thing. So, like for us, summer camp was actually a huge push into our small group ministry, right? So okay. it was like the end of summer camp is we're talking about small groups, all this throughout the weeks and all your groups that you're with right now are your small groups when you get home and all that kind of deal. Nice. Right. And, but then like on Wednesday, right. 
if you think about your student ministry and like even your discipleship process, let's say Wednesday for you is your like big open door of evangelistic event, but you yeah. want students to get plugged into like discipleship groups, then you want to think through that process. Okay, how do I get students from the the top end of the funnel through our process of discipleship? And so yeah. then you start thinking about, okay, Wednesday, I want to push all of these students towards Sunday morning, right? And so you're yep. you're intentional of your communication of that process along the way that it's not just fire hose all the time of all the information, yeah. but it's strategic and it's and it's positioned, right? And yeah. and I think yeah. that um that helps us use momentum to uh our benefit instead of just allowing it to die when you have a great event. Well, and it also helps us understand like that there's a flow of what we're trying to do. Like if we if your if your plan for events through the calendar year is just to have enough stuff or more stuff than last year, then please pause. Take this beautiful month of October or this fall or winter season and reevaluate why you're doing the things you're doing. And if you are not dominoing or momentizing or snowballing or as Chad said, funneling into the next thing, then then, then why are you doing it? If the fall retreat doesn't recharge your leaders to get excited for that mid middle of the year kind of like slump. If the spring retreat doesn't push them into summer programming, if the summer programming doesn't hype up the small groups, then then what are you snowballing into? If you're just having the event, so it becomes like this kind of mountaintop like peak to have an event, then you're missing the po- the powerful part, which is the roll down the other side into the next thing you're doing. So Chad, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, Higgins, what do you got for us? Most important thing that honestly, you do mine in a week. couples really, really well with Kristen's, but I think it's just the little bit broader view. So I think a lot of what she would talk to uh, talk about falls in what I'm talking about. Um, but it's creating a routine and structure, and then continuing to run that right. Um, and okay. so for me, um, when when you're thinking of this communication piece that seems daunting, and you're preaching schedule every week and leader trainings and all of those kind of things, it can feel overwhelming, right? And I've even talked to yeah. um, listeners of ours that are like, well, oh, you guys give such great advice, but I want to do it all and I just feel overwhelmed. And, and my yeah. my recommendation, it's the person that has a task list of 90 things. Brother, like nobody, even right. if you're a great multitasker, can get 90 things done. That's not a task list. That's just mental anxiety right. on paper. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so I think there's this, there's this importance of being able to look at the broader picture, right? This big picture of, okay, what are we trying to accomplish this month? What are we trying to accomplish over the next three months, six months, a year? Um, but then each week, one of the, the advices that I always give is the, the start of every week, sit down and plan it out. Like, I know you're not going to be able to like get every single thing, but just start with like your big appointments. Okay. What are my big meetings to be able to like mark those out on your calendar? Um, and then just think through, all right, what do I need to get done? Right. And and start scheduling out some of your workflow, right? Specifically, yeah. like with these communication thing that Kristen just talked about. If you'll sit down on a Monday and just go, okay, I'm going to plan out that I want to send out a tweet here, here, uh, Instagram here and here, right? And then you take some time Monday afternoon and go, all right, I'm going to make all these, put them in buffer, schedule the time, 
boom, right? And and boom, bada right? Bing, and yeah. you're able to like schedule these things out for yourself instead of just having this big long like list, right? Of these are all the things that I have to get done. And then you're systematic about it. And here's the great part. And here's the wisdom that I would offer to you. Plan in rest and yep. and plan in just enjoyable times in your day. Like mm-hmm. if you look at your schedule and every moment is like back to back, back, back work. Well, eventually like it may go well Monday and Tuesday, but by yeah. Wednesday, you're just going to be like, <laughs> I'm done with this. Right. Yeah. But to be able to go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm pacing this out. I realize I'm not going to get everything done this week. I'm going to knock out these things. These are the big things that I'm going to knock out and we're going to be better this week than we were last week. Right. And mm. Chad, I love what you said though, because once you get it on paper on Monday, I think you know, your whole thing of scheduling and rest. But when you see it down on paper on Monday, I think what you can do too is look at that and say, what is on my list that somebody else can do? You know, Andy, I love Andy Stanley's leadership podcast. He talks so much about only do what only you can do. Meaning that if there's things that someone else would be like so good at or enjoy so much, you know, I had a uh, intern in today and I had him count and deposit the offering. And he was like, that was so chill. I love doing that. You know, whereas for me, it's like, ah, this is busy work. I need to get onto something else, you know? Um, and then like you said, you don't have to get it all done on uh, like, okay, this is my list for the week. What I do after that Monday list Every after those things are crossed off, I don't have any more interns after, you know, Thursday morning. I go back in on Thursday afternoon and then I redo the list. Okay, what can I accomplish from now until the end of the week? Um, And then what is fine if it carries over, you know, until the next week? And it's okay because we have to take care of, you know, what's important now and some things can wait and we have to be okay with letting those tasks go. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, I think with, with scheduling it like this, whether you're the type of person that you'll either schedule it out for the first time and then you'll realize, wow, I waste a lot of time during the week, right? Because you get so much done or you're the type of person that you carry everything on your shoulders, right? Because you have this 90, you know, checkpoint list that you're trying to accomplish, that you're able to go, okay, like I, I did my four big things for today. Yeah. Right. And, and I feel good about that. I accomplished some things. I checked it off. There's going to be a tomorrow list, but there's always going to be a tomorrow list. Right. That's and right. so That's right. I, I think being prepared and, and strategize like that is going to help you and your ministry so much. I was going to say, Kristen, I love that you had to share that like your Monday actually started for you on a Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that some of our new patterning for stuff is that we, we, we recur our teaching from Sunday to Wednesday, or at least my portion does. So Thursday to Thursday is kind of my new Monday. And so Thursday is my time to be like, okay, what needs to be done for next week so that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're finishing up the things that we're kind of rotating through for stuff. All right. So Zach, what is yours, man? 
What's the most important thing you Man, do? You, got, we're, you know, we're just like hive mind over here. We're just all thinking together. We're working together. We're talking together too much. Uh, so mine was meetings, but it was going to be in the way that was a little bit different than everybody like groans when they hear meetings. But it was the idea, and Chad, you took it right from me, is you need to have a meeting with yourself every week. Like the best way to like protect time for yourself is that when you go through your schedule on Monday or Thursday or Friday, there needs to be a block of time, not 30 minutes, but two, three hours that you protect. And you're like, hey, I got a meeting on Thursday afternoon. And you're like, who with? And you're like, me. <laughs> and so like, if that means like, so if you would take somebody, like if you would take a leader out for coffee, if you take uh, one of your like interns or staff or like parent out for coffee, there needs to be a two hour coffee or time or moment where in the same way that you honor them, phone off, earbuds out, focused up, you need to do that for you. Different than your devotion, different than your morning quiet time. You need to have some, I call it porch time for those that are creative folks where you go around and you think, what is happening in the life of my ministry? <laughs> but I think you need to have that time where you meet with you and you ask yourself, all right, self, where do we need to be at? What are we doing? What are we about? And I think that's the kind of meeting time that gives you enough distance and space and contemplation and reflection to begin to see the big picture of what needs to be scheduled, what needs to be done, what needs to be delegated. The other part of meetings as my most important thing each week is if you go to a meeting and the people you meet with don't leave with as much to do as you do, then you have wasted your time meeting with them. Like when you go meet with someone, they need to be compiling a to-do list at the end of the meeting. A lot of folks don't have meetings. A lot of folks just have brainstorming sessions. Discussion groups are great. Save it for lunch. If you're going to meet with someone, make sure that the notepad or the iPad they have in front of them is being lit- littered with things to get done or projects to work on. Because when you get done meeting, you should be releasing people to get that stuff done. In the same way, when you go to staff meeting, and you can't always change that culture, but at least you can change the culture you can change, Like you should be leaving with stuff to do and not just, well, what did everybody think? Sometimes we talk about what happened, but it should always be informing of what's next to do. No, that's so good, man. So good. Dude, th- I'll, I'll be honest. This episode has been so good. Like I, I'm sitting here thinking about like all the different things that have been shared. And I'm wondering if like year one, Chad would have heard it. Right. Right, right, right. Kristen, what would year one Kristen need to be convinced of in this moment? She just listened to this episode and she was like, man, those people said a lot of things, but like, I mean, would she have been one over or would she just think they're a bunch of old farts that don't know things? No, I I was hungry for um, development, okay. you know, when I was starting out because I think I've talked about it before. And that and the Thursday thing you're talking about, like have a meeting with yourself. I started doing that years ago and I would just call it mm. personal development where I would yeah, sit down. Yeah. Um, I talked about this in one of my blogs. I'd sit down and have lunch with a podcast host. I'd have lunch with a, nice. with a youth ministry book. I'd have lunch with, um, I used to have a subscription to group magazine, you know, and I'd sit yeah. down, I'd be so excited for the new group <laughs> magazine and I would sit down and just glean and glean and glean because here's what I knew is that, I am not the end-all be-all of knowledge, creativity, um, and how to make this thing run. And some of the coolest things I learned were just through those personal development times of, you know, creating and that margin in your schedule where you're sitting down and like, okay, I can't just keep up the rat race of like I do every week just comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. And I just completed a few things on a to-do list, but I have no investment to show for my development as a leader. And 
one of our senior pastors always says, you are the most important person in your ministry. And the reason for that is because our ministries are going to be a direct reflection reflection of us mm-hmm. and our depth, our spiritual depth and our, our skills, you know, we can't be stuck in these ruts. And so, you know, I think when I first started, um, if you would have said that, I think I would have been like, heck yeah. Like I want to sit down yeah. with this information and just devour it and have it speak to me. Um, because I was so hungry to grow as a young youth pastor because I felt like someone just threw me in the deep end with like 10 pound weights on my ankles. Like I was like, Oh crud. Like nobody, I realize nobody is looking out for my growth except for me. And so I had to put those rhythms into my life. Like you were saying to be like, okay, how do we do this? And and I I think Chad, you said you know sometimes it can be overwhelming. Oh my gosh, all this stuff! But realize this is like a you know so cliche to say, but a marathon too. It's like it's not like okay, whoa, I got to change everything next week. It's like take these as ideas that are going to be implemented into your ministry over the long haul. You know, not tomorrow, but just it'll make your systems more smooth over time. And a lot of them are going to be systems that develop around you. Like you are going to, and part and part of the personal development part of that is that as you grow as a leader, you're going to learn your own leadership rhythms, routines, and needs, and you'll begin to shape those things around you of when you work best, when you work worst, and when you need to find most rest, and when you need to have more time for developing. So, Higgins, final thought for the day as we close it up on a one hundred and one. No, man, my my big suggestion would be. To, to immediately take this advice. I would start with, Zach, what you talked about, and even if you've already just finished this episode, go take a couple hours to yourself, just like Kristen said, have a podcast lunch with us again, and I would recommend getting out a like a pen, a paper, and a nice a pen, nice pen and a good paper, paper <laughs> and, and just jot down some notes from this episode, because like I'm looking back and... There is there's so many good little pieces of wisdom in here that I think is a lot of years of experience in student ministry and structure and organization. And that's one of the things that I hear from so many youth ministers is I want to get better at the structure and organization like this episode to me, like I I feel like this is this is a very good starting place for a lot of people. Mm. So. Well, there you go. Get to it. Go ahead, hit pause, make the drive over to your favorite coffee shop or tea shop or wherever you like to hang out and listen to good music or bowling alley. (laughs) Get that chili dog, those buffalo wild wings, a good pen, and a nice piece of paper and a little time journaling with uh, Kristen and Chad. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't had a chance to like, subscribe, or rate a review, we appreciate those things. It makes Chad's mom feel good about what we do, and it makes Kristen's husband, Jeff, feel proud of all the things that we're about. So thanks for listening to After 9. We'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministries or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.